I'm Alexander Hefner, your host on The Open Mind. You can follow us at Open Mind TV and support our series on Patreon at patreon.com slash The Open Mind. I'm delighted to welcome Jonathan Streep to our broadcast today. He is the owner and partner of Alidoro, the authentic Italian sandwich shop. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jonathan. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Jonathan, can you tell me a little bit about the origin story of your business? Yeah, well, it's 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 been around since the mid '80s, 1986, um, to be to be exact. Um, an older gentleman by the name of Alessandro, kind of a, a pretty infamous guy down in uh, in the Soho area. Um, uh, you know, a, a real hardcore, old school Italian uh, opened up this sandwich shop down in down in Soho, a little shoebox down in Soho. Um, and was there for, for a long time for, you know, uh, about, well, about 15 years. And my now one, my now partner, Walter was, um, came from Italy, um, around, uh, early, well, the beginning of, of two thousands and long story short, he apprenticed under, he started as a, as a customer, actually, you know, it's funny, all, all, everybody involved on the ownership level at this point in Aladoro started as a customer. So it's it's sort of a testament to the to the brand and to the product because it really is a very unique um, thing that that people really do fall in love with. But anyway, yeah, Walter Walter apprenticed under Alessandro uh, for about a year, and once Alessandro was comfortable enough uh, that he could sort of give the reins over, hand the reins over, he did. And so Walter ended up buying it, buying the business uh, from Alessandro. And, um, you know, and then, and then ran it for, for a while, a long time. And, uh, I came on board, um, to expand it and sort of create a, an actual business out of it, um, about, well, about seven years ago now, I can't believe it's been that long, but, um, but yeah. And so, so now we have, um, we have, you know, of course the original location is down there, uh, 39th street is sort of our flagship. And then we, we, we opened Rockefeller center uh you know right three months before um you know the the chaos ensued with the pandemic so we didn't have much of a runway there but um but yeah but it's a beautiful space at rock center and we we have since reopened and um you know we're 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 excited about it it really is a it's a it's an amazing space in in an iconic place so we're 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 really pumped about it before we discuss your important work during the pandemic Talk to me about the seven years of raising this business in the transformation that has occurred, what the process has been like for these past seven years prior to the pandemic. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Where to begin? Uh, well, you know, in- interestingly enough, um, my, my experience has maybe been a little bit different from a, a lot of people in that um, I, I didn't have a tremendous amount of restaurant experience prior. Um, I, I bounced around between various careers um, from PR uh, to uh, real estate to new media. I was sort of all across the, uh, the board trying to figure out what it was that, that was my calling. Um, always really in the back of my mind, wanting to get into hospitality. And I have to say, most of my friends and colleagues in the business told me I was nuts and completely crazy to be even attempting it. 
Uh, so, and, and I will say in the beginning, I, I agreed with them and uh, for quite a while, um, it, it took me a little, um, you know, <laughs> it took me a little while to actually really believe in myself that I, that we, you know, that I could do it, but, um, it, it's look, it's, it's been, uh, an absolute uphill battle, uh, even just my own learning curve, figuring it out. Thankfully, my you know, my past actually really informed that experience. So, you know, whether it be the networking from PR uh, and, and resourcefulness of that uh, to the understanding the real estate development business, which is obviously a huge part of, of what we do in the restaurant business, um, you know, to, to helping run a, a, a small company, media company, it sort of give, gave me the tools to, to help me figure it out. Um, and so that, that did really inform that process, but it was, it was a, it was a really hard, uh, several years, um, uh, both just, you know, within the, the, <laughs> the, 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 only, the, 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 the challenges of a restaurant business in and of itself, as well as my own learning curve, um, so creating the infrastructure of the business was really, look, that really took me several years. Um, and, you know, frankly, we probably, we, we could have opened more stores earlier, but I'm really a, a, a stickler in, in terms of management and operations. So I, I really didn't want to expand a lot of, a lot of very, very, what, what could have been successful companies and brands uh, ended up, ended up, ended up imploding because they tried to grow too fast. So I really wanted to kind of learn from, from those failed experiences of, of some, some others. Um, and I didn't want to repeat that. So we really, I, I really, I, I, I insisted that we be patient in our expansion plan. Um, but finally I really did get to a point where I felt confident in our operation uh, and sort of an, a, 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 an inflection point, really, where we were ready to expand. And, and a big part of that, by the way, I do want to be clear, a big part of that was the team, right? I mean, it's not, this is not just about me by any means. This is, this is about finding, for example, my now director of operations, Alex Munoz, who, you know, I, I, she's my right hand. I, can't, I could not have refocused my energy on biz dev and expansion without that role properly filled. And she she filled that role. Now that took me years to find and many, many managers later. Um, so it's really about building the team underneath you that really support you and, and frankly, allow you to, to take the steps you need in order to expand. So we're there. We're excited. Uh, we have a big year ahead of us actually. So we're really, we're really excited about that. Now that you had that team assembled when the pandemic struck, what was the immediate reaction as you were contemplating and in fact realizing expansion in New York City and across the country? So now take us through after those first six or seven years, what the last year has been like. Well, you know, look, no, there, there is no playbook on this, right? I mean, I, 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 everyone and anyone would agree with that. Um, so I will say if the, the first you know, days, weeks, and even, you know, probably months uh, was just panic and, and, you know, frankly, devastation, right? And, and nobody really knew what to do. And so I, I had, you know, I had a lot of sleepless nights. I know a, a lot of everybody probably did. A lot of people did, certainly. Um, uh, and it, so it was, it was really sort of managing that chaos that was happening. 
in, in the in the first few few months of of the pandemic and think and also just kind of deciding, oh my God, what are we going to keep open? What are we going to close? You know, we were we were actually lucky in that we actually we really only closed we we closed 39th Street only for a week, um, because what what we did was we really sort of tried to figure out how to adapt to that change. Um, and, you know, a big part of that was partnering with, uh, various organizations, which by the way, I have to highlight some of these guys, some of these people and, and, and organizations that were created practically overnight. I mean, it, it was unbelievable how quickly some of these initiatives were started. So for example, off their plate, one, one that we partnered with early on, that started and they were, they were an incredible partner. And really what they did was they, they partnered with businesses, restaurant businesses such as ours to feed essential workers. And, you know, that largely became, you know, that, that became probably, honestly, it ended up like 80% of our business for a good long stint. So, you know, that was a huge lifeline to us. And so, you know, we all sort of, there's this, this also, you know, this boost of creativity that was happening and, and then certainly togetherness that was happening, this sense of community that had never really happened before. I mean, yeah, you have, you have friends in the space, you have colleagues, but like ultimately you're kind of competing, right? Everybody knows that. Um, but this was like, this ended up being, everybody was just kind of like banding together. And um, so so there was a lot of, 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 you know, togetherness, community, this sense of, I'm on the, I, I actually talked about this in a, in a podcast I did, another podcast, um, about how I, I'm, I'm on like certain, I'm on this one text chain that there's like, I don't know, there's probably, there's dozens of, of restaurant owners on it. You know, that was never a thing that would never have happened before. So it was a real, it was a real sense of togetherness that was happening. And, and then also let's not forget my team kind of ex- extending from what I was talking about before. It was, we never, this never, we never would have survived if I didn't have my team supporting the things we wanted to do, right? There's no way I could have done this on my own. So frankly, if this had happened, I'm going to be straight on, you know, straight up. If this had happened, a couple years ago, you know, three, three plus four years ago, when the op, when our ops were not what they are today, I don't know that we would have survived, because it really requires, you know, the the the, the team that that we have now. And so, you know, this is it's really it, it it's been a really a long year. There have been various phases of it, from managing chaos to adapting to change to you know maximizing efficiency and boosting creativity. And, and sort of all encompassed by that sense of togetherness and that support across the board. It's, 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 it's been a very challenging year. But here, what I will say is we are so fortunate that we have what's coming up this year ahead of us. Because, you know, a lot of people aren't, aren't as, as fortunate and lucky or whatever it is. I mean, we're, you know, for whatever reason, um, we, we came out of this thing and we have, a, we have a year that we're really, really excited about ahead of us. Given that you were on the front lines in feeding hungry folks, hospital workers, um, the the first responders of the pandemic, 
and saw the sacrifice, um, not just that small businesses were and continue to experience, but of those first responders. I just wanted to give you a sense to an opportunity to reflect on this question of whether you had any anticipation that there would be a moment in America that required this kind of sacrifice. Because if you think about it, not since 9-11 was there a catastrophe of the, on this scale in New York City, and really not since Vietnam or Korea or World War II, was there actually, you know, blood in the game? I mean, in the sense that, that for, for several decades, America and the new generations of Americans had not really been asked to sacrifice anything. And that quickly and, and really rapidly changed with this. I mean, you, you took the words out of my mouth because it, it, as, when you started that question and comment, I, I of course thought of 9-11 immediately. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm old enough to, to have remembered that very vividly. I was in college at the time and, and our family and friends, and we, we lost a lot of people. I was home every year, uh, sorry, home every, every week from college for funerals. So I, I remember it very vividly. And it, it's interesting talking to a lot of younger folks who doesn't, who don't necessarily remember that, or, or, you know, they don't certainly don't have that, that memory, that visceral sort of experience with it. So I completely agree. There hasn't really been, and I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm not comparing the two in, in, in terms of severity, but uh, you know, they, they are similar in, in terms of th- that there hasn't been much sacrifice in between them. So, uh, you know, in, in, in terms of, um, you know, outside of a war, of course. Um, uh, so, so yes, uh, it's, it's been be, I, I of course was not directly involved. I certainly wasn't, um, a first responder or anything to having anything really to do with, with ground zero at the time. So I don't have that experience, but what I do have is, is, is this one a bit. And I can tell you that there, there were, um, times I, I, I'll, I'll give you one specific example of um, we were making, I mean, we were, you know, doing a lot of, of most of these deliveries our, our, ourselves. Um, and again, you know, I, I have to shout out to my team because they were certainly doing a lot more than I was. But um, there was one time specifically I was, we, we went to um, one, one of the hospitals um, and the line there, we actually, I believe we, I think we posted a video of this. There's a the line of, of, of essential workers was like around the hospital. And, and, you know, we showed up with a, with a, with a, our, you know, crates of sandwiches and lunchbox and everything. And I couldn't, it was, it was the first time I had actually seen it. And it was, it was literally the line was around the building and, you know, me and my team just sort of got out. We gave a round of applause to everybody and they kind of applauded one another. And I, you know, perhaps us, but we, it was just this sort of like sense of, uh, of, of disbelief that it was actually happening. It's one thing when we were watching this on, you know, on Instagram or on, on anything online, but when you were standing at the hospital and watching these, these first response, these, these, these essential workers, exhausted, you know, waiting in line for, for food. It was just, it, it, it sort of gave a sense of humility to, uh, to me and just thinking like, 
my God, this is all we have to do is like drop food. Like these guys have been working double shift. uh, Half of them have probably been working over 24 hours. You could see it in their eyes. They were exhausted. They were, you know, slashed over. I mean, and and I got teary. I mean, I was like, I, I really, I got, I got pretty emotional watching it and, watching everybody sort of applaud each other. And it was just a moment. And then, of course, you know, outside of us, there, it, early on, you'd go, you'd, you'd drive and you'd see, you know, fire, they would have these every night. They would, outside the hospitals, they would stop traffic and they would applaud all the, all the essential workers. I mean, to your point, nothing like this has happened since 9-11. Nothing. Not, not, you know, certainly not in the, in the city. So it was really it was heartwarming. It was both heartwarming and devastating to be a part of. I'm, 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 gl- I'm so glad and lucky that we were a part of it and could contribute to it. Um, uh, but you know, again, it, it really was this feeling of, uh, of just <laughs> like a shock of humility, like, Oh God, what are, what are we complaining about? You know, we, we have to like, you know, uh, stay a little later, wake up a little earlier to make sandwiches. Uh, all, all, all these these men and women are out here uh, risking their lives to to save these people. So it was really, it, I mean, it was incredible. Like I said, I got very emotional um, several times about you know over it. I do want to ask you about the naming and the substance of your most authentic, extraordinary signature sandwiches uh, from <laughs> Mike, Michelangelo to Mona Lisa. Um, <laughs> And, and I want you to expound on that. But before I ask you about the sandwiches, let me ask you this. Your business and whole philosophy is about the revitalization of this industry and, by extension, New York. What is it going to take for your enthusiasm uh, to be contagious here and animate the restoration of the city? Because for those of us who are increasingly still exposed to the city, we see the deserted islands of New York. I think it's more than the kind of ebullience or enthusiasm of a generation. I think as we anticipate this mayoral campaign, I do think there are real policies that have to change in order for the city to be revitalized in the way that I think you and I hope that it can be. I mean, absolutely. Look, first of all, let's just be clear. This is not where New York is certainly not alone as far as, uh, you know, cities being sort of deserted and, and decimated in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Uh, I, I was recently uh, in San Francisco and, you know, it, it, <laughs> to be honest, I, 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 I I considered that to be significantly worse than I've seen in New York, especially in recent months. I think that New York is, we're we're already seeing a bit of a resurgence. Um, You know, look, this stuff is cyclical. I mean, it just is. I mean, obviously it's different because this is all different with, with the pandemic and, and the fallout from that. We're also going to see a change, a permanent change in terms of returning to, you know, this, this sense of quote unquote normalcy, you know, People, pe- people are just, you know, we're not going to see a return to work 100 percent like like, you know, like before. So it's, it's, there's going to be a bit of a difference. But the city, you know, I don't know if you read the, the op-ed that uh, Jerry Seinfeld, I'm a big Jerry Seinfeld guy. 
that he that he did for the times um rebutting that you know the guy who was was talking about how dead the the, the city is and will always will be forever you know it's just not the case i i know it we've seen cycles in, in real estate from a real estate perspective and from other perspectives big cities will come back they will return new york has an energy new york specifically has an energy uh, that, you know, nobody really can compete with. And I'm, and, and I'm, I've already been, you know, increasingly back in the city and, and I'm seeing a resurgence. So I have no doubt that it is coming back. It will take time. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, this will, this will continue to sort of, you know, return at a, at a bit of a glacial pace. I think that post Labor Day, uh, after this summer, I think we'll, we'll see a, 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 a much needed uh, return. Um, I also think, look, that we, we get the, the, the relief, the restaurant relief fund just passed 29 billion. I think that's very, that's something that's very, um, very, very promising and something to be optimistic about. The, the New York City Hospitality Alliance uh, run by Andrew Riggi, you know, he, he's done a phenomenal job. Uh, with Senator Schumer and others to get that passed, get that on, you know, president's desk and get it through Congress and get it passed. That's a big win for everybody across the country um, in re- in the restaurant business. And there's more to come. I mean, there's more of that to come. And look, I think that if you're in, look, I can speak for me in terms of, you know, if you're somebody that's, that's ambitious and you have, and you have energy and you're excited about what you do, namely in this business, you know, you, you, you'll get creative. And that's what we've all had to do. We've all had to pivot. I mean, you look at some of these, look at some of these people like, a, the, the, you know, Greg Backstrom and some of these people around around the country with these amazing restaurant brands doing all kinds of things, um, you know, uh, that were never considered and I, I, that they never considered. Uh, uh, what I could say for, for us is, you know, we are now getting involved in other markets uh, we actually, the press release went, went out yesterday, so I can talk about this. We're about to launch um, a location in Miami uh, that, you know, in, a, in, a, in, in the Wynwood area of, my, of Miami that we're super pumped about. Uh, obviously, the Miami market is exploding. A lot of people are down there, um, certainly for the season. Uh, and, 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 you know, that's an exploding market. And we're, we're launching a, a private label Prosecco Rosé. Uh, as part of that, that it's called the Oasis. Um, you know, we're, we, we are, we, we did, we launched an olive oil, uh, that, that, you know, who's the proceeds, part of the proceeds went to, uh, Jose Andres's World Central Kitchen. And, you know, we have another couple projects, uh, coming up this, this year, um, including Moynihan. Uh, you know, a, a, a project we're extremely excited about. And I obviously an iconic uh, resurgence of, of of the Penn District that we're so excited to be a part of. Um, you know, look, it's I think it's it's getting excited about and being optimistic about the resurgence of a of a great city that, re- of course, remains to be a great city, but also the pivoting and the increased creativity to make sure in the interim you're surviving and doing you know, just kind of remaining agile and adjusting to the times. And Jonathan, before we, before we have to go, your, your sandwich variety, not only are they historically centered, which is fascinating, but you have 
a diverse selection and, and really all-encompassing selection of the meats, cheeses, and vegetables. And, and you have an authentic experience. But what inspires the individual names of the sandwiches? It, was, it, was there some thought process in affiliating certain meats or combinations of meats and cheeses with certain names? Well, <laughs> a bit, but this is, we're talking about, this is going, going back all, over 30 years. I mean, this is, this, this started as a tradition with Alessandro. Um, so I, for, to be honest with you, I can't speak to every individual name, but yes, they all had a story. They all had a history. I don't know every single one. I, what I can tell you is there obviously is a tradition behind that. Uh, Pinocchio, for example, the, the whole reason for the Aladoro name stems from the story of Pinocchio. So the dog in, in that story is whose his name is Aladoro. Uh, so that's 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 obvious. Um, the the Aladoro, one of our signatures. You know, I felt strongly that there needed to be a namesake. Um, but there's a lot. I mean, look, the Matthew. They're all either they're you know they're re, uh, they're rel, they're certain relatives. Um, you know, we did a collaboration with with Gothamist. So there's a Gothamist, you know, there's a Fratelli d'Italia, which means Brothers of Italy. There's one based on that, which was a contest we did within for staff. So it, it, they're all different, but there is a, there. yes, to your point, there is a reason and a story and a history behind each name. And your favorite? Uh, my favorite, my favorite's the Romeo. That's actually, you know, I will, to, just to kind of close out here. <laughs> I, I, anybody, I will argue that anybody that's ever had Aladoro, they don't forget their first time. And I know for me, I definitely remember very vividly the first time I bit into an Aladoro sandwich. And my first sandwich was a Romeo. Uh, and, and I'll never forget it. And it remains to be this, you know, today. So, yeah, it's a special one. Jonathan Streep of Alidoro, thank you so much for your story, your insight, and the way that you are revitalizing this city. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.